It's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto pack catchers, and Odyssey as well. Uh, credit to Justin Campbell for the intro at jcamp1521 on Twitter. Uh, today, my guest is Brandon Caserta. Uh, uh, by the way, I do want to point out just for those who uh, you know watch my channel regularly, I'm sorry for the break in content. I, uh, I got a strike uh, on uh, for on my four Pony Boys show with Reed Coverdale, uh, Clint uh, Russell, and Top Lobster. We, uh, I mean, if you still want to watch this on Odyssey, it's also on um, it's on uh, all my major all, all the audio podcasts. Not on YouTube though, but that got me a, a strike, so I wasn't able to do anything for a week. So here I am. I took a took a week off. Took as a time to take a week off instead of making things complicated and having to release it on certain platforms and not others. Whatever. Uh, I mean, it kind of worked out. I had a lot of stuff going on, anyways. But yeah, uh, I questioned that, which should not is not allowed to be questioned. Uh, the religious ceremony we do every four years, uh, uh, we questioned the uh, validity of that. But you know, uh, I'm not trying to get nuked again. Just, just saying. Uh, so I won't, I won't be bringing that up again anytime soon, or at least till the strike wears off. Not that it's really something I talk about a whole lot, uh, but it came up and it got it nuked. Um, so you know, it is what it is. So with that, I do want to let you guys know because normally it's a whole paywall thing, but I'm not going to be there for this episode. If you, any of my patrons have an issue with that, please let me know. I'll make sure to like not do this in the future. But I've never heard anything bad about it, and I've had a break in content, so I don't want to. I don't want to keep making the like you know dragging the content on, uh, you know, and holding it behind the paywall. So just because the fact is a break in content, we're going to do that here. Also, I do think this is kind of an important episode. We're going to be covering the uh, Michigan uh, kidnapping trial stuff again. Uh, and this we have Brandon Caserta on again, just me and Brandon this time. And uh, this time we're going more deep, uh, kind of in the specific uh, kind of things revealed in the trials uh, and uh, kind of touching on the trials a little bit. So uh, it should be, I think this actually may end up being a two-parter because there is so much here. So we'll see how it works out. Uh, probably will end up being that. But uh, yeah, um, so like I said, my, my guest is Brandon. We're covering that. that. Uh, I do want to let you guys know if you do want to become a patron, it's patreon.com, just no way Jose 2020. Lowest level is two bucks. Uh, that's where you get that, like, uh, you can have see the stuff in the in between time. Because usually what happens is I will uh, I will do the episode, I'll do a live stream publicly, and then I'll immediately take it down, and it will be behind the paywall then. And then a week later, I'll put it public. Uh, but, you know, like I said, for this one, I'm not doing that. But in the future, uh, for most things, I, it will be behind the paywall. So, you know, uh, highest level is 20 bucks, And that's uh, that's my sponsors. Uh, so my sponsors are C.D. McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast. Jeremy, who has a Etsy store, Etsy.com slash shop slash Raising Liberty. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes. And Mikkel Thorup of the Expat Money Show. Um, make sure to go check out Top Lobster. Use Jose at ch uh, checkout for 10% off. He does all my art. It's a bunch of other shows art. He has also a lot of his own art that's not show stuff, and you can go get that there. All the different different types of merch. He's he's, he's the fucking dude. 
Uh, go check his shit out. Uh, also, go check out my OKC series. Go check that out. That's been killing it. And you guys seem to be loving it. We're hearing, seeing comments in here about it. I do have another one coming up uh, next week. Uh, so we're going to keep – we're continuing, I believe. Was it part six, I believe? Uh, or, or five or six? I'm not sure. But, yeah, we, we're getting pretty far along in those. So, yeah, and a lot of people are liking them. So go check them out if you haven't already. I highly suggest them. With that, let's go ahead and get Brandon in here. What's up, Brandon? How you been? Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, glad to have you back with me. Uh, yeah, I um, I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Radix Verum because I saw you on her show, and she's yeah. who I reference because she has wrote done a ton of work on this, like a ton, yeah. and she's who I reference most of my stuff for for this. Uh, actually intended on trying to get her on, but I think she was over Michigan and just kind of scheduling. And uh, so, but yeah, I highly got to check, suggest you guys to check her out. She has her own uh, Substack and YouTube, both under Radix Farm. So she has a lot of good work. Uh, seems like a sweet girl. Uh, I, I emailed with her a little bit. I haven't really interacted with personally, but a lot, a lot of good content. Uh, and she's one of the other few people that you, uh, you that's you've been on with. So I don't know who all you've been on with. You've been on any other shows lately? I know you had uh, the Freeman, me, and, and her. And I know you think you might have another one come up soon that I hooked up you with. But go yeah, on. I was just uh, I was just on with uh, Thaddeus Russell. You know who he is? Yeah, yeah, I know him. I've had him on my show. Yeah, I'm actually going to link you yeah. up. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. Oh, yeah, I think you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, that was a really good show. I'm not sure he might've aired it today or we did it like over the weekend or something like that, but uh went really well. I'm not sure exactly what platform he's going to be releasing it on, but uh, it's going to be coming out soon. Pretty good episode. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad you go with him. He's definitely a larger platform than I am. So it'll, it'll be able to get the story out there and help you out. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen a notification for that. So I don't know what his uh, and how his normal thing works. I mean, it should be on YouTube soon, but I actually was just checking today. It's assuming that yours would probably be on there, but it wasn't. So I, I don't know. I'm sure it probably will be soon. I, I don't know what his process is in releasing his episodes. So uh yeah i'm sure yeah. it'll be out soon but uh yeah and that's that's all you've done so far because i i mean i'm hoping to keep seeing you get um, on more so yeah i mean i think i did the freeman report again uh okay. for for a short one um oh i did actually get a chance to talk to larkin rose uh for about an hour and a half live in a discord in front of some people in his audience so that was really fun. I've actually never talked to him before. That's cool. Uh, but I'm subscribed. Yeah, I'm subscribed to his page. And uh, they kind of had like a, you know, subscriber only, you know, kind of like open talk or whatever. And I was like, hey, man, like, do we get to talk to Larkin or what? You know, and the guy pulled me right in in the chat. And, you know, I told him who I was. And he was like, oh, crap, I remember, you know, because he'd wanted to talk to me before. So I figured I'd reach out to him and, uh yeah, so I got to reach some more people with the with the story there as well. So things are moving forward, man. That's for sure. Yeah, it was. Wasn't that one of the books you said that you read was the most dangerous superstition? Because I know I, I've read that book. It was a good one. It's probably I'd say it's probably like top ten, uh, you know, uh, good ones for like introduction for some people for very specific oh, types yeah. of people. Some people would not like it, but go on. I'm oh, sorry, I would cut you off. Yeah, easily, easily top ten, dude. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's in top five. I, I mean, that's out of all the books I have, that's one of my favorite. You know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it in top 10 personally, just because the fact is a little bit longer. So I do think for I'm saying for like top 10 is in like kind of introduction, because I feel like introduction, you're going to have a hard time oh, getting somebody yeah. to read a longer book. So uh, but, right. you know, it was one of the earlier books I read in my journey. And it, the angle he takes with the attacking is kind of like the superstition angle. I do think that appeals to certain types of people. So I, I, that and that's one an angle I think a lot of people don't tackle. So 
it works out. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess, uh, oh, real quick, uh, I don't think in our last episode, you, you, I didn't even realize you had stuff to plug. I want you to go ahead and plug that stuff out because uh, I know you create your own content. So I want to let people know the content you create so they can go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you guys want to follow me on TikTok, uh, it's uh, kinetic underscore truth. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's kinetic underscore truth. My Twitter is my name right here, Brandon underscore Caserta. Um, and if you want to donate to my Give, Send, Go, because, uh, you know, the government destroyed my entire life and I have nothing and I'm trying to build it back up. Right. So that's why I'm getting the word out and uh, trying to get some new technology to make the quality better. So uh, my Give, Send, Go is uh, Give, Send, uh, dot com slash uh, kinetic truth. And you can find me there. Well, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Like I said, uh, I the, the reason why I, I kind of I did kind of want to do a deep dive. And I like I said, I was going to wait for Radix and do it with her. But then the uh, the uh, results of uh, uh, what was it? Uh, who, who was it? Uh, 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 Ty Gar? No, not Ty. It was Barry Croft and Adam Fox. They both got the guilties, uh, right? Yep. Um, um, yep. So and that happened. So I was like, you know what? I kind of want to cover this now. Uh, so here we are. Um, so I like I, I do want to start off real quick. I have a super chat, so I want to bring this up. Uh, Novum Kopi, 50 okay. bucks. I appreciate it. Ungus Labungus. Uh, okay, I said it. I don't know. I believe, <laughs> if I heard correctly, I know there was someone saying they were going to give me 50 bucks because they wanted me to cover, uh, do a live reading series of Democracy, the God that Fails, or the God that Failed. And that's like one of those books that's like expensive because it's out of print. So it's hard to get. So let me know if that's the case, Novum, just to be sure. Because I told him if he did drop a super chat of like 50 bucks, because that's how much they are. I'll do it, and I'll do a live re- a series, even though it's kind of a longer book, so it'll be pretty... Yeah, see, there you go, said it's him. Yep, all right, well, he deals a deal. I'll buy the book. Me and Toad will cover it. It's a great book. Uh, Hoppa, uh, a lot of anarchists get uh, irritated by him, but I love Hoppa. Hoppa's the man, uh, super based. Uh, but, yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, that's it, official. So you guys uh, heard it here as soon as I get the book. Me and Toad, uh, a lot of people watch my show know who he is. Well, I guess we're going to be probably doing a, a live reading series of Democracy of the God That Failed. I have read it before, by the way, it was, but I had to do the, the audio book because the shit was expensive. So, but uh, sorry, I threw that off. But I want to start off. I appreciate the money, by the way, uh, and appreciate, I guess you just gave me new content. But um, let's go ahead. I want to start off with the main characters, uh, the main characters we have, because uh, that, that, that was one of the most confusing thing, I think, for people jumping into this is like, there's so many names being thrown around. You're like, you just get all discombobulated. So I think it's good to start out with the beginning. And I, I guess you're the probably going to be the person most familiar with these people. So I'll kind of get you to give your uh, brief kind of description of these guys and who they are and what they're about. Uh, the first one, and, and also I kind of want to give the, their current status, you know, legally speaking. Um, so obviously I guess we have you, Brandon Caserta, man, you've been acquitted. Uh, so you don't have to deal with that anymore. Yes, uh, I don't think I need you to give any more stuff. Uh, Although there was some fun stuff that I read in the trial that we will cover later in this episode that was pretty awesome and mega-based. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll All go right. into that. But Daniel Harris, uh, you want to tell me about him, who he is, what he's about? Yeah, so, you know, Daniel Harris, uh, you know, I actually became closer to him after this whole situation. But, you know, Dan Harris is a good Christian boy. You know what I mean? He's really close with his family. He's got a real big family. Uh, he was in the Marines for four years. Uh, you know, got injured there. I mean, he can still move around and stuff, but, you know, he's on medical and, and has to go to the VA and things like that. He's like 90%, 80% disabled. But uh, 
he was the guy that they tried to link with Barry Croft to say that, you know, he's uh, uh, trying to get weapons of mass destruction, right. And building, um, you know, these bombs and, and these destructive devices and all these things. Dan Harris had the most charges out of everyone. He had four charges and he was the youngest out of everyone that got charged. You know, he's about 24 now. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about Dan Harris. And he was acquitted with me. Me and him were both acquitted the same day and walked out of the courthouse the same day on my birthday. Did he get acquitted of all charges? All of them. All oh, of them. Did he, he had... Did, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to... Yeah, he had... Uh, so the conspiracy to commit kidnapping, that was the first one. Then the conspiracy to obtain weapons of mass destruction or use weapons of mass destruction. And then conspiracy to use an unregistered destructive device and then uh, in possession of an illegal SBR. So you had, you know, you have an AR pistol, right? And then you put an actual stock on it and that's what they were trying to do, but it, that never happened and they couldn't prove it. So yeah, he got off on all that stuff. I thought I had read in some spot he actually admitted to that, but maybe that was the uh, the uh, the attorney the uh, prosecution saying that. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, okay, uh, whatever. Either way, good. I, I don't care if he had an SBR, anyways. <laughs> so, right, me neither. <laughs> or explosives, or really any of the shit they said. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, conspiring. And I honestly, I'm of the opinion that I think even like the conspiring is a bullshit charge. Like. I mean, unless you catch oh, yeah. me like, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe there's a debate to be had, uh, you know, once you're actually making substantial moves. I don't know. There might be some sort of argument. Like, and this is when you get a weird libertarian theory. Like, did you break the NAP? I, I mean, you're in questionable territory. But I don't know. If you're just kind of talking about it, no. It's, I, I feel like there needs to be some sort of action. I don't know. I'm not trying to go in theory. I'm actually just working that in my head. After I said it, I was like, you know what? Maybe I disagree with myself. I don't know. Uh, it's a questionable right area. On. All right, we got Adam Fox, uh, and this is probably, I know this is probably one of the most, uh, I'd say this is probably the name that's, uh, how would I say this, or the individual that's maybe most key or most essential to this overall story in a certain sense, I think. He's probably a, a key player in a certain way. It seemed to be they were, he was essentially the main patsy is the way I see it. But uh, if but yeah. I'll, I'll let you go ahead and tell me, tell me more about him, just kind of the basics, because I'm sure we'll go more into him as we go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Adam Fox was, you know, the character that the government wanted him to be was, you know, the leader of this whole group, right? He was supposed to be like my leader and, and the person that I listened to, like I was supposed to be, you know, his, his soldier. This is the story that the government used, you know, and essentially what they have done was they have taken a very lonely man who doesn't have any friends who smokes weed all day. And look, I don't got a problem with weed, but I'm talking just, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't have any money lives in, you know, he's homeless. He's living in the bottom of a, a vacuum repair shop in the basement. So it's like, you know, so they attach multiple informants and multiple agents around this, uh, around this man who doesn't really know how to train with firearms. He's not that good. You know, and no one really wants to hang out with them. So they kind of play him up and and tell him, you know, everything he says is good. Right. And all this stuff, they put him in leadership roles. The government does to make him so they can say, yeah, this guy's the leader. And really, no one does anything that he says. He's not a leader at all. He's just a random guy that everyone just kind of deals with at 
training exercises. You know what I mean? Yeah. And unfortunately, he got convicted recently. He is, I believe that they're going to appeal it, but he got found guilty on all charges, which is conspiring to kidnap the governor of Michigan and conspiracy to use uh, weapons of mass destruction, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to go too deep into it, but from my reading, it sounds to be like that was the one they built their case on the most because it sounds to me like he was the one who ran his mouth off the most and said the most dumb shit, uh, which, yes. although from the sound of it, from what I've read, it doesn't sound like it was anything actionable. It was more just him being, if anything, it sounds to me like a loner that was trying to sound cool in front of his friends and he was kind of a weirdo and... You know, yep. they got him on tape saying a bunch of dumb shit. And you're like, yeah, I would totally kill the governor or whatever. And you're like, that'd be super fucking dope. And, you know, like he was never going to do it. You know, like I feel like anyone right. who's I don't know. I feel like it, people can relate to someone like and knowing someone like that. All right. Adam Fox, we got Barry Croft. He was the only one found guilty. So you, you want to tell me about him real quick? Yeah, Barry Croft, you know, he's he's, you know, similar to Adam in the way that he's a very verbose person, like you were just talking about. He said a lot of dumb stuff, said a lot of offensive stuff, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, you know, the government really preyed on him as well. Both of those guys equally had pretty much the same amount of informants literally surrounding them like a bee's nest, you know and trying to record and, and rile them up and record whatever they said in that moment. Um, you know, a lot of things Barry said were in the context of rioting and stuff like that. And he's, you know, he is talking about, you know, posting memes and stuff, talking about hanging the governor, any governor, right? Just hang the, which governor is going to get hung today, right? You know, we've all seen memes like that. They use those memes against this man, you know what I mean, in federal court, to show predisposition for him to want to do this. You know what I mean? Um, he lives all the way in Delaware. He only showed up to maybe one training. He was never in the chats. The fact that they were even able to, you know, I can understand Adam, you know what I mean? But Barry, like the fact that they got a conviction for him is just, it absolutely blows my mind. I don't understand it, you know, but uh, he's got children, dude. He's got three daughters that he raised. You know, the other woman wasn't around and and he raised those girls. And now those girls aren't going to have a father in their life. And uh, all because, you know, someone smoked a bunch of weed and said a bunch of dumb stuff, but never actually did anything wrong. Yeah, no, that is that is sad because, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it, I'm sure he did say some crazy shit, but. I mean, I, I don't really engage in like the, the boog uh, scene as much as I used to back in the day. But I mean, I know, especially, you know, probably three, four or five years ago, especially like on Facebook, uh, the boog movement was popping off and there were all sorts of crazy, you know, memes and shit like that. And people goofing yeah. off, but it was always like usually couched in like, a, OK, yeah, but we're not really going to do it. Like, and it, I mean, there was always right. a joke like, you know, if who, who's going to kick off the boog? Like, who's going to do it? Like, uh, you know, if it happens, oh, oh, all right, it's go time. And, you know. Um, but I don't know. It, it is sad because, I mean, but all right, we got Ty Garbin, uh, and this is one of the ones who pled guilty. Um, but yep. So Ty Garbin, he's going to be doing like seven years in jail. Now, I don't know how long he's going to be doing now because he assisted the government in getting this conviction. So I heard rumors said that he's trying to get like four years off that sentence. He's already been in for about two so if he gets the four years, you get six, uh, 
two months knocked off for good time every year, and then you get six months halfway house. So essentially, he would pretty much be out of jail in like six months, right? If if that happens, if they grant that to him, so he'll be out there. Um, Caleb, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't even, no, <laughs> you didn't no, even no, get to him uh, yet. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know if you. I mean, if you feel like they're both, because uh, I, I I feel like we'll probably. I don't know how much they really uh, tie into later, so. I feel like these two are kind of afterthoughts since they play guilty. So, I mean, unless you disagree, I feel like we probably can cover them mostly right now. Uh, and if you feel like they, you know, we can kind of talk about them both at the same time, uh, you would know better than I would, uh, you know, if they should be covered separately. You, you mean, if you want to just roll right into Caleb and we can talk about them both kind of simultaneously, that's up to you. I don't care. Yeah, I can just, I can just finish Ty up real quick. I mean, he's, you know, Ty Garvin is like the very nerdy kid. He's the super nerdy kid who knows everything about guns, right? Uh, you know, he's knows how to build suppressors. He knows about all the laws. He knows about every single thing about a firearm that you could think of. You know, he was an air, uh, airplane mechanic worked there. Um, you know, and he was really involved with, with the informant Dan Chapel as well. I mean, he said some dumb stuff too. Uh, I think everyone kind of said some dumb stuff that they didn't really mean, but he was definitely engaging in, in actions that aren't favorable to the government. Like, you know, they pretty much knew he was building suppressors like illegally, like a bunch of them. Right. <laughs> so, you know, they found that type of shit in his house. So he pretty much was like, well, screw it. I, you know, I'm just going to turn into a rat, I guess. I don't know what was going on through his head, but he's, he's a type of person that, you know, you put a little bit of pressure on him. He's, he's going to fold. Um, and then Caleb, you know, he was like, he, he worked at a, as a rehab counselor, right. For like, uh, people going through substance abuse and he went through that himself. Um, unfortunately he tried to like use that for sympathy, which I think is kind of cowardly and say that, oh, you should feel sorry for me because of this. And then, uh, you know, acted like he wanted to kill himself throughout the whole thing, which that was false. Caleb Frank said he wanted to, you know, he agreed to do this so, you know, he could commit, uh, could commit suicide. But the reality is this guy was so focused on safety. He was more safety oriented than anybody there that I knew. You know, he's always manipulate your weapon on safe. You know what I mean? Like when you reload, flip the AR on safe, pull the mag out put the mag in, close the bolt, then put it on fire, right? You know, every single time. So he never wanted to do that, but he used that as, as sympathy. And, you know, he was living a good life. I kind of thought he was a good dude, but towards the end there, he essentially was just like, he fought all the way to the end and then decided to turn and cooperate. Once the motions got denied that him and his attorney filed, the judge denied them. And then right after that, he probably thought, well, I don't have a chance. You know what I mean? So I'll just throw everyone else under the bus to get less time for me. Oh, sorry, everyone. I just burped on, on it. I thought I had it muted. My bad. Uh, <laughs> if you heard that. Uh, so that was Ty and Caleb. We've just covered them both, I believe. Um, and you said they both played guilty. They both basically became rats. Do you know any of the details of that? Or, or is that, I'm assuming that stuff that's kind of kept behind doors. I'm not sure how that works. I mean, it, it details as far as what, like deals that they might have been offered or how that occurred? Yeah, anything along those lines, whether it be what kind of deals they got, uh, to what extent they cooperated. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I would assume most of this is hush hush, but I'm just asking on the, on, the, on the off chance maybe you know something. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff like the defense team doesn't know completely, but based off of his testimony and what he said about you know what occurred and everything, it's very obvious that the prosecution met with Franks several times and especially met with Ty Garbin several times and coached him and told him what to say. You know what I mean? Make sure you say this. When the defense attorneys say this, you know what I mean? Like, so they really coached him to solidify the, the narrative because if they can get what the government thought is we got Barry and we got Adam already. If we can get Ty and Caleb, now we got Brandon and Dan for sure, right? You know what I mean? They didn't think that me and Dan were just going to say, fuck that, bro. This is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? We're going all the way, bro. So that didn't work. And, yep, now those two kids, uh, you know, will never be able to use a firearm without having the government use violence against them, which isn't necessarily correct in my opinion, but maybe you would be okay doing that if you just stuck to your principles, yeah. and they didn't. Well, all right, let's let's roll into the uh, F- the main FBI agents. I believe there are three of them. I don't. I'm not sure if all of them got named. I think only two of them that I saw got named. Maybe another one named got, got later. I poured through like half of the stuff. Um, Richard Trask. Uh, I know there's some juicy stuff there. I guess we'll just go ahead and, and get into that. Uh, I guess he was the main one, uh, uh, the main dude, and he. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming you don't really have any personal connection with him because obviously he was the one more uh, dealing with the informants. Uh, but uh, I mean, let's—I I guess I'll let you talk about uh, some of the uh, interesting aspects, which I'm sure you you, you know of. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Richard Trask was actually supposed to be the government's like star witness. You know what I mean? Um, at our initial probable cause hearing. Trask was there and testified against us. And, you know, this was like before Ty Garbin ever officially cooperated and went to the grand jury and stuff like that. So Trask was essentially a very high up FBI agent that was essentially ready to work for the prosecution to secure these convictions because he wasn't the handling agent of multiple informants. But he was over Chambers, which was the handling agent of all the informants. He kind of like has a little bit higher authority than Jason Chambers and signs off on what Jason Chambers does and gives it to the prosecution and then assists that uh, assists the government continuing the uh, the prosecution. But yeah, the guy's a total psychopath. He's totally uh, ensconced in ego. You know, hey working out's cool do it it's healthy but you know if you're like working out and taking half naked pictures of yourself all the time and then beating the shit out of your wife after you guys go to swingers parties you probably need to reevaluate reevaluate your life a little bit because <laughs> that's not very good to do that that's pretty bad yeah, to add a little bit, I mean, it's only one small detail, but from what I read, it was, yes, he, he was drunk off his ass, beat his wife after going to a swingers party because she wouldn't cuck him. <laughs> that was the issue, which, yeah, okay, I mean, it's she's either it's e- I mean, Hey, look, it's either this. It's either she didn't cuck him or she did cuck him, and he was like, bitch, you never made that sound with me. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, hell no. She was like probably digging it with the other guy. You know what I mean? And he was like pissed about it, bro. Like, listen, it wasn't supposed to be like that. You know? I feel like that's the point of cocking, but I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not going to try to get into his mind too much, but uh, it's the beating thing that's the issue. The other stuff is just more like, all right, this dude's yeah. wild. <laughs> strangled. Uh, oh, yeah, because, yeah, it was a wild beating, right? Because, yeah, you, like, strangled her. and oh. uh, Wasn't it, like, on video or some craziness or something like that? Or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, well, what's or- what's crazy about that is, you know, he got up on top of her and grabbed her by the head, right, and then smashed it on the corner of the nightstand, like, a bunch of times. So, we're talking gashes all over her head, like thick gas gashes, blood pouring down. You know what I mean? Blood all over the bed. And then after he was bashing her head on the ground, he just like he got on top of her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you guys have older brothers, but your older brother gets on top of you, puts his arms over, you know, knees over your arms and just poking you in the chest or whatever. He essentially got on top of her like that and grabbed her by the neck and he didn't choke her. He strangled her. Okay. To the point where her neck was totally bruised and just, you know, it, it was, it was bad, dude. It was so bad. He essentially tried to murder her. So he was charged with, um, felonious assault with intent to do great bodily harm less than murder. Uh, so essentially he tried to kill his wife and then wound up playing to a misdemeanor and the guy still has uh, uh, all of his guns and everything. He, he essentially just got fired from the FBI and the FBI was like, yeah, we're done with you. We can't use you. And he was like, whatever, I'll just move to Florida or something. Yeah. And that was, uh, I believe like the main fed. Uh, and because of that, he wasn't able to, uh, you know, it wasn't able to testify. And, and while this isn't like, obviously that doesn't mean uh, you guys are technically innocent to be fair. Uh, that doesn't like the head guy being a piece right. of shit, but I mean, it definitely kind of uh, paints a picture for sure. Uh, and then there, yeah. I believe there were two other feds that were not able to uh, testify. Uh, Jason Chambers was the one, uh, I, I don't know if you want to talk about him real quick. I guess he kind of, he wasn't able to because of some uh, shit he was doing on the side. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not that these agents weren't able to testify. It's that the government didn't want them to testify because they had a bunch of baggage. And they knew that if the government chose on their own to put the agents who actually worked the case up on the stand, they would get destroyed by the defense attorneys because the defense attorneys could then willy-nilly bring up all the stuff that they did behind the scenes. So if they don't call them, it makes it much harder for the defense to lay specific foundations so that they can use those lines of questioning to get the information into the trial that they want. But if the government doesn't call them, then they can kind of like pivot away from, you know, the accusations, right? They can essentially conceal information better if they don't call the agent. So all the people involved, they didn't call them. When you make us call them the defense, it makes it harder to get the truth out of what they did. Yeah. And I believe there was one more that didn't testify and it was something along the lines of perjury. I, I, I didn't see anything about his name. I don't believe they ended up releasing him a name unless that was yeah. something later. Uh, I don't know if you knew, know anything more about that specific one, what the perjury was specifically, or even if there's a name yeah, that so, you know of. Yep. That guy's name was Henrik Impala. 
And uh, real quick, I just want to back up on Chambers because I forgot to mention this of, of his cyber intelligence company. That is really important because that was something that was not allowed to be put in the case. And there's so much evidence to show that he had a monetary incentive to fabricate a fake conspiracy for money. Okay. He mm -hmm. was plan he already planned on leaving the FBI. He already had that avenue set up once his company kicked off. He said that once his company got, you know, got uh boosted off, you know, he would he would be good to go, right? We have proof of that, but we weren't allowed to talk about it. Um and then Impala, he's, you know, we have evidence of him just doing a bunch of super shady shit. Like he's he's interrogating informants in other states, like informants that so the FBI apparatus that's in control of this whole fake conspiracy is the Detroit field office. That's the main apparatus that you want to focus on when you're doing research in the fake Whitmer fednapping thing. You know what I'm saying? It's Detroit federal FBI agents. They're the ones doing this in conjunction with other complicit federal agents in other jurisdictions like Wisconsin, Delaware, you know what I mean? Um, um, Ohio, stuff like that. But the main creators behind it are the Michigan branch. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Impel is going over to people in Wisconsin that he didn't even handle. And he's interrogating them, essentially saying, like, listen, bro, just we can make it to where we don't ever have to talk about you. You know, you just work with us and we'll conceal all the bad shit you did. You know, and, and he said, uh, yeah, we have a saying in our office. Um, what was it? He said, yeah, we got a saying in our office. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. So he's essentially, you know, saying, hey, bro, like we can make shit up. Like we don't give a fuck about truth. You know what I'm saying? We're the feds, bro. Like I never let the facts get in the way of a good story. That's how we get convictions, bro. So we can conceal your name. And he was talking to Robeson. And guess what? Steve Robeson was a huge informant in this case, got paid 20 grand and he escaped. He he was absolved from everything he did, and he was never held accountable for it, and he wasn't able to testify, thanks to Henrik Impala. Yeah. I believe it was either Stalin or one of his lieutenants that had the, the line that was like, uh, give me a person. Uh, obviously, I don't have it perfect. But it's like, give me a person, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a crime. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that reminded me a lot of that. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, was, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, the perjury, we touched on that. Uh, I did want to real quick touch on the Jason Chambers thing because uh, I did think it was weird because the one of the big themes going through this is all the insane amount of money that uh, you know between the the, the amount the informants got the things they did for different ops. It sounds to me I don't know if maybe uh, this is just me reading between the lines and maybe even reading wrong, but it sounds to me that he there was a good chance he was siphoning off some of that money to be able to work on his venture. Uh, to kind of uh, launch his way out of the feds and sounds to be like, yeah, it was kind of what you were implying as well. Maybe, I, maybe I read that wrong. No, you're right, bro. You're right on point. And I'll tell you what was going on with that. So in the beginning, bef like right when he wanted to launch the investigation, right. He was trying to get approval for a TEI, which is a called a terrorist enterprise investigation. That's the biggest, you know, counterterrorism investigation type scenario that you can get. And if you get approval for that, you get a bunch of money. 
okay, a bunch of taxpayer dollars to use in your investigation. You know, before you're using a small drone, now you get to use a fucking plane, bro, and fly that bitch 10,000 feet in the air. And you get to have 10 planes, you know, with radar and all types of shit, right? Uh, you get to hire more agents. You get to fucking put pole cameras up everywhere. You get to do a bunch of stuff. You get more access, right, and more money. And he, Chase and Chamber, said, you know, he was complaining to one of his coworkers because these agents, sometimes when they're texting each other on their work phones, it, it actually gets siphoned through this database or some shit, right. That automatically logs in what they say. And, you know, Josh Blanchard, he's like a freaking tech wizard as far as computer forensics and shit. So they were able to essentially find messages that he said to his coworker, like, listen, bro, I'm going to get this TEI approved, whether my boss likes it or not. Like, I don't give a shit. This TEI is happening, you know, which shows that. Can you clarify what a TEI is real quick for, cause I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. TEI is a terrorism enterprise investigation. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go on. So I didn't mean to throw off your train of thought. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Um, and, you know, he said, I'm going to get this TEI approved, whether my boss likes it or not. So essentially saying, like, look, I don't care what anyone says. This TEI is going to happen, which kind of, you know, implies like there isn't a real TEI going on and you have to make one so you can, you know, get all this money. And then there's messages of him saying, hey, man, don't worry, I got the ability to reallocate money. So, you know, when I do plan on leave that plan on leaving the FBI, you know, everything's going to be situated and I'm not going to have any issues, you know, with exa Intel, uh, launching. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I guess, I guess a little backtrack real quick. I, I did want to bring up, uh, cause the, the one guy with the perjury guy, I forget his name, uh, but, uh, you were kind of talking about how he's talking to other informants and stuff. And I know this probably isn't exactly what you're getting at, but it reminded me of one aspect of this case that is just wild is so much of this was contrived to a grand degree by the feds so far as, uh, cause obviously you have you guys and you have the informants talking to you guys and it made it sound like you guys were part of some large network of other different things, whether it be three percenters, this, that, this, that, but so many of these different things were I mean, some of them were legit, just hollow carve outs that were nothing but feds or just completely made up. Uh, and which is, it's kind of like they completely contrived this made up scenario to a ridiculous degree, uh, almost where you guys are borderline, just like rats in their maze, like in, in a thing they made up and they go, Oh, look, the rat did this. So obviously, you know, um, so I, I don't know if you want to touch on that real quick. Cause I thought that was pretty crazy. The extent to which, they even that far out, like even on like the peripheries of what was going on was like fed shit. <laughs> like... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can hear like on some of the audio recordings, it's only feds talking to each other. <laughs> you know, it's like informants and feds and like one informant doesn't know that there's a fed there. And it's like all of them surrounding Adam, right? You know, Adam Fox, you know, the homeless guy. So there, there's so much stuff in the recordings that you don't get to see and you don't get to hear. And it's unfortunate, you know, that these are things that the government did. It's their own evidence that proves them to be guilty 
of conspiracy to create a fake kidnapping, but because it's their shit and the judge is on their side, they get to, you know, conceal all that stuff. And, uh, you know, that, that's a problem in America, bro. It's, it's what, you know, with me, it's not even like I was tricked into doing something bad, bro. Like I literally was framed. I'm just a character. Like I'm a character in a play that was doing, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm training and I say shit the government doesn't like. You know what I mean? And that they know is dangerous because it wakes people up, bro. So they're going to use that against me in court. They knew that. So I don't even have to be involved with anything. They just have to like pick me and say, okay, we're going to use this guy because he vaguely associates with these guys over here and he's been in training with them. So we're just going to make it seem like he's involved with them and their best buddies and all that stuff. Listen, the government and prosecutors are so good at deception, bro. They are masters of lies and deception. They're, they can literally make two people who don't even know each other, who live thousands of miles away, seem like they're best buds, bro. And they're willing to go to the end to commit a crime, right? And be famous and all this shit. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the informants. And there were like two main ones that I guess we can cover. I think there were some other minor ones, but the two main ones are Chapel and Robeson. Uh, let's start off with Chapel. Uh, give me kind of your rundown of him, uh, who he is, what he's about, and, uh, and we'll move on to Robeson. Yeah. I mean, so Chapel, he was, you know, the, the role that he played was, hey, I'm an army veteran, you know. I saved Chris Kyle, got Chris Kyle out of Iraq. Um, you know, I'm disabled now, but I want to train with guys. Uh, you know, he, he's, his whole story about how he found the group is absolutely a lie. You know, he said he was scrolling on Facebook and found, you know, like the Wolverine Watchmen or whatever. Well, first of all, it's a private face group, okay, a Facebook group. So you can't find it. All right. Even if you search for it, someone has to invite you. So this is speculation, but we believe that Chapel actually knew Chambers prior to this. Okay. And Chambers understood his military service and understood his ideology. So he already knew that he could use him in this. So this whole story about Dan, like, oh, someone said something bad about cops. So then I got scared and thought that they were just going to hurt everyone. So I told my cop buddy and then he get, got me in connection with Jason Chambers. You know, nah, bro, like these guys, if you read their text messages to each other, they're like best friends, bro. Like they're constantly talking. They're joking about killing us and shit. They're joking about all types of shit, bro. They don't care. This is like a job. This is a game to them. They hate us. You know what I mean? Uh, so they just want to try to get us to do get people to do criminal shit so that they can arrest them and make money off it. Terrorism and counterterrorism and domestic, you know, terrorism type shit is big money making, dude, for the government, especially the FBI, bro. They make mad money off of it. They get promotions, bro. They get extra uh, privileges. They get all types of shit. They get money, bro. They get so much stuff. And all they got to do is just create terrorism and make it look real. It doesn't matter, especially if it's some like Muslim dudes, like who gives a fuck about them? You know, that's exactly how they think. They don't care that it's a human being. They're just like, bro, this is a lonely, essentially retarded person 
who has no friends and no money, they're a bum. We don't give a shit. We'll totally frame this person. And who cares if they do life in prison? Because guess what? I get to buy a fucking Ferrari next year, you know? Yeah, no, uh, the one of the main points I, I highlighted in this is uh, it said that Chapel, this is over a six-month period, made at least $60,000. And this is estimated off of his uh, just being an informant. And this is an informant who's like a step below the Fed. So, yeah, he made $60,000. Uh, I mean, if you extrapolate that over to a year, that's a hundred. If he did this for a year, he made one hundred and twenty thousand dollars like that. You know, that dude made more in six months than most normal people make right. in a year. <laughs> so. Five. Yeah. Five, six months. And look, during that time, he bought a bunch of shit too, like five thousand dollar laptops, you know, eyewashes and shit uh, sold his house and the government, you know, made up for the loss. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, bro, you're just using taxpayer dollars to literally pay people to uh, try to get people to do bad the stuff that you say is bad. Right. So, yeah. Which I mean, you could make, I mean, it's just the house thing alone. Like, I don't know what his, uh, what his shortfall was there, but I mean, you could, I, I'm sure it was probably substantial. I mean, you could add a decent amount to that. I'm assuming this $60,000 was like just straight up the money he got. Not, not favors like that. So I, if yeah. I had to guess, so I mean, we're probably even just in the, if we're going to be fair, we're probably well over six figures just in his six month period, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. And, and something to remember too, they handed him, and this came into court too. Chambers walked up to Dan and said, here, bro, thanks for your good work and hand him, handed him an envelope full of cash, bro. That's like mob shit. You know what I mean? That's off the book. So how many times did chambers they have it calculated right officially yeah we had admoni- we gave them this amount of money for this after that and whatever well how many times did you give them envelopes of cash though off the books you know what i mean yeah no it, it's wild like to think about because i don't i mean i don't know maybe you know how we came about being an informant but i mean i'm sure there's a million different ways people come, go about being an informant but the idea that you could make basically over six figures in a six-month period just to do that is insane. That's such a crazy incentive to do shitty shit. Like I, I like yeah. I, I'm not even gonna lie. Even me, I hear that. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, <huh>. It's crazy. <laughs> like I don't know if I'd do it, but I think about it. <laughs> I don't think I'd do it though. I mean, that's a whole lot. Uh, but that's. I know there's so many people out there that absolutely would do it. Uh, just for that alone, just the money, like that's, that's just insane. Cause I don't know the kind of incentives you're driving there and what people will do for that kind of money. Uh, Cause I mean, all you need, I don't know what his position was before becoming an informant. I mean, he could have been in financial because it's another thing this could have been the feds preying on someone in a financial bad spot or legal troubles or whatever, what have you. And Hey, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll whisk you away from this. And you know, if you're going to make damn good money, you'll be set, you know, you'll be good. Uh, and that's appealing to a lot of people. So, uh, yeah. I mean. Well, the thing that was interesting about Chapel is that he didn't have a criminal history. Like, literally 99% of the time, the who if someone becomes an informant for the FBI, it's because they're facing criminal charges or they've done something in the past and, and have cooperated before. Dan is a very rare case to just, you know, have find some guy who's like a good Samaritan, right? And, you know, be willing to just 
trust him with a microphone and trust him to do all these things that you tell him to do, but you don't even have anything over him. That's what's weird is like, you got to think how the feds operate when they're operating with an informant, they have leverage over them. Like, Hey, if you don't do what the fuck we tell you to do, we're going to put you in fucking jail, bro. And we're going to fry your ass. So they're like, Oh shit, I better do what they say. You know what I'm saying? But if you just got a guy who could just be like, well, I can just literally walk away from this. Like you guys can't make me do a bunch of shit. You know what I'm saying? But if they're like, you know, and then they can't do anything to him. But if they're like, Hey bro, like here's $10,000 in cash, bro. How about you set up that next meeting next week? You know what I'm saying? He's like, fuck it, bro. All right. I guess, you know what I yeah. mean? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I can't, there's probably damn, I can't think of, I mean, aside from that, there's, there's not many jobs I wouldn't do for half a year for fucking six figures. Like it could be backbreaking work, you know, busting my ass six, six months, six figures. Hell yeah. Sign me up. So like, uh, just, uh, oh, I got to go go shoot guns and hang out with people and pretend to be their friends. I, I can see a lot of people that would see that as being appealing. And you're already doing it in the military. You know, you're already a military guy, right? You already shot guns and taught people how to shoot guns before and did it for four years. Shit, that's like a hobby. Like, oh, I can get six figures for doing a hobby. I like, I just got to wear a microphone. All right. Uh, let's go to Robeson. Uh, tell me about him, what, who he is, what he's about. Yeah, so Robin, Robeson is your standard run-of-the-mill FBI informant, okay? So these are the type of people that the FBI usually use. Um, multiple sex offenses, all right? Uh, he's a, a felon, multiple felon, but like bad shit, you know what I mean? Not like a fake felony, like, oh, well, I had a gun and the government said I couldn't. Like, we're not talking about shit like that. We're talking about, like, molesting underage girls. You know, we're talking about robbing people and shit. We're talking about fraudulent behavior, you know, uh, lying, lying willful, willfully lying to people and getting them to, like, invest in a nonprofit that you're saying is to, like, help kids from human trafficking. But really on the side, you know, you're trying to rape 14-year-old girls and then using this money from this fake... Uh, you know, 501c3 company to buy shit that you like, you know? So he's been an informant for a long time. Every time he gets in trouble, he just cooperates with them and says, look, like, what do you want me to do, bro? You know what I mean? He's like that. So I don't know exactly what he had done recently to, to get in this position, but we just kind of looked at it like, all right, well, he's been doing this shit before. So, Maybe we can figure out how he got involved in this. But interestingly enough, he was essentially a felon who was involved in like this militia movement. And I believe that the government essentially found him and said, hey, look, bro, we'll pay you money if you start leading events and leading groups and creating websites and getting people together so that we can fucking prosecute them, bro, and make money. And we'll pay you to do this shit. So he was like, Fuck, I've cooperated before. You know what I'm saying? Shit, I can do that. Hey, yo, buddy, Barry, what's up, man? Hey, Barry, why don't you come to Wisconsin, bro, and shoot some guns? You know what I mean? Boom, then Barry's up there, and now he's indicted and going to federal prison. Dude, that's insane. Because there's a heavy implication that he legit could have, like, diddled a kid, and they fucking were like, well, you know, this is what we need you to do. And it's... No, he got convicted of it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, because like, he obviously oh. was in the hook for something. So, and if yeah. he has a pass to that, and you know, you don't, you don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and you know, I'm the feds aren't above doing that. Anyone take a uh, take a dive into the Epstein stuff, and you'll realize if you don't believe that, I believe it was the Founders Club or cult or something that was like in the fifties, which was basically damn near a carbon copy of the Epstein thing, which was completely admitted to be being feds essentially doing uh sex trafficking with underage individuals uh and this is stuff that's declassified and so this is admitted and this is like i think in the 50s and they yeah they legit were like setting up uh kid diddling operations to be able to have blackmail on uh politicians which uh if you can't see the uh parallels between the epstein stuff i don't know what to tell you uh so and the the if you right. start digging the Epstein stuff, yeah, nothing there is declassified, so you can't make a hard case. But there's some there's some pretty good circumstantial evidence. That there's some Fed shit going on there as well. So uh, point being, uh, they're not above it. So you know, uh, it wouldn't be that crazy for someone like this to have legit diddled the kid, and they're like, well, guess what? We need you to do to get out of this. So um, I mean, I'm not saying that's the case. Obviously, we don't know why he was one, but you know, the fact is that record is, uh, I don't know, it's a possibility. Um, all right. Uh, there's one more thing I want to cover before it, uh, before we end this one, but I want to ask you if there's any other main characters you think we should cover. Cause I know, for example, uh, there's the one chick who was sleeping with one of your, or you guys, it was implied. I think that was an informant as well. I just want to know if there's any other like informants that you think are pertinent for the, for the, uh, for the, for our, you know, I guess it's going to be a little mini series. It's a two, maybe even three parter, uh, going forward. Who, who other ones we should cover to, you know, have people familiar with before we go into them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there, there's 12 or more informants involved in this entire case. Okay. And the, the weird thing, the interesting thing, I guess, is that we kind of know who most of them are, right? But we don't know who all of them are. So there's still people out there that got away that they could still be informing on other people. Um, but we got more than half of them, I would say. Uh, you know, Jenny Plunk, she's definitely someone that needs to be talked about because she wore a wire and recorded people. She planted evidence at the direction of the FBI. And she, you know, essentially tried to butter Barry up to take him, you know, pick him up and, you know, whatever she wanted to do with him sexually or whatever that she convinced him to do or acted like or whatever. Uh, you know, the FBI knew about all that to try, you know, she essentially prostituted herself for the government and to someone else to get money, you know, uh, to put them in a cage. Um, yeah, so that's her. And then two other undercover feds that we haven't mentioned yet are, uh, you know, UCE Red and UCE Mark. Um, Red is important because the whole, you know, Adam and Barry are facing two life sentences. They're not facing one. They're facing two, which I, I mean, it may, it sounds worse, right? But really you only have one life, but uh, you know, the government, you know, is in their logic is charging them with double life type shit. And that's red because red is there. That's the weapons of mass destruction, the conspiracy to use the weapons of mass destruction, right? There is no bomb. There was never no bomb. No one ever agreed to get a bomb. 
Okay. Talking about flashbangs and setting off fireworks that are altered pyrotechnics is different than WMDs. You know what I mean? But you put an FBI agent up there and say, have them say, yeah, they wanted to get it. They told me that they agreed that I was going to bring it, you know? So all they have to do is just have some agent lie on the stand and then say they all wanted one. And then the defense attorneys are like, okay, well, when they were supposed to meet up with you, they actually thought you were going to give them free gear, right? That's what you told them. You didn't say anything about a bomb. They didn't ask you about a bomb. They didn't even bring any money, bro, for it. They thought you were going to hook them up with tactical belts, drop leg holsters, vests, and maybe some ammo or something, and then go to B-dubs and eat chicken and wings. But, uh, you know, apparently... All they got to do is just lie and people believe it. It's, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, but that's why these men got convicted for the WMDs is because of red, you know, just showing a video off of a cell phone to a group of random people, you know, and yeah. saying, Hey man, I got something. I can just give me four grand. Oh, you don't have any money. We'll just do it on IOU. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. just, let's just keep dropping it down. And so I'm just like, here, dude, I'll just give you something. Just hang out with me again. Right. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Red was one I wanted to cover. We'll, we'll probably cover that one uh, in a little bit more in the next one. Um, I, it, I guess the last thing I want to cover is we were this episode kind of ended up just being covering all the characters. Uh, I want to cover your character a little bit because I thought there were some funny things that came out. Because um, I guess the in their argument against you, they said uh, you they said that you said the true purpose of the Second Amendment was to shoot agents of the government. Uh, Awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I guess yeah. I'm assuming that was probably true, but I mean, presented in this way, it's not correct. Right. Yeah. Anyone who's a second amendment, you know, big second amendment advocate, or even just like, I mean, obviously me and you're both anarchists. So like we say second amendment, but really we just mean, uh, you know, rights, natural rights, right. uh, you know, the right to self-defense, whatever. Um, so, I mean, the second amendment's really just a, supposedly a, the government formalizing it. Uh, and so, yeah, when you when you lay it out like that, uh, I guess it sounds bad. But really, the point is that, like, we are supposed to be on an even footing with the government. We're, we're supposed to be able to I mean, the hell, uh, what was it? Uh, Jefferson, that, you know, the the uh, the tr tree of liberty needs to be watered with the, with the blood of patriots and tyrants or some shit like that. Um, so, yeah, um, that, that's that is the purpose of it so that uh, you keep it even. Um, and so if any, you know, that way there is a check and balance between them. So yes. So I'm assuming you did say that. I uh, just want to clarify it. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you said you had an anarchy flag in your room, whatever, who cares? Uh, marinating right. in weird conspiracy theories, talking about adrenochrome. Uh, okay. We're, we're, did you talk about adrenochrome? Do you have some interesting conspiracies <laughs> there? Do you, I mean, adrenochrome is one of those ones hey. that like, I could, be, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I've never been able to like dig anywhere that actually like gave me any substantial like, okay, it's legit. But I wouldn't be at least bit surprised yeah. if these lizard people were you know feeding off of scared baby blood. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean that's kind of like the context of what I was talking about. Like we were talking, I was talking shit with the guys in the chat. You know what I'm saying? And they were talking about the governor or whatever, and I was just like, "Fuck it, bro. Why don't we just scare?" Her? And then, you know, crack her skull open and drink her adrenochrome. <laughs> Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like some crazy off the wall shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Let's just drink blood out of skulls, bro. You know? 
It's wild. Uh, I think the Adrenochrome is supposed to be more potent when they're younger, and she's probably an immortal being of evil, so I don't think it would work. Um, right, right, right. Uh, okay, and then Zionist International Banking. Oh, oh my God! You would, <laughs> how? Why would you say that? You think you think there's a, a, a Zionist uh, conspiracy? What? <laughs> you think there's inter- issues with international banking? Maybe you know. I heard they were in control of the political system in America. You know. Yeah. Oh, there was another line that I saw somewhere where they said dude, something about uh the blood of of uh Zionist bankers or something wild. <laughs> uh, oh it's yeah, just said, funny. Like, I want. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I said I wanted. Uh, we were, you know, we were talking about the Adrenochrome shit. You know, just talking about like tyrant governors, you know, around the U.S. And I'm like, yeah, bro. You know what though? I want some fucking Zionist banker blood, dude. You know, that's what I want, bro. That's what I'm about, bro. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, it, you know, this is the type of shit we're talking. Like, dude saying crazy, ridiculous shit. You know, there's a little bit of truth in there. You know, yeah. we got, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, am I going to find a Zionist guy who's in banking and, you know, take a little fucking hatchet little thing and, and, and crack his skull open and sip his skull. Like, no, bro. Like, no, dude, I'm going to go to work. All right. And order a burger and eat it and then come home and watch YouTube and then wake up tomorrow and shoot guns, bro. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go sip blood out of skulls, dude. Yeah. Come on. No, it is it is wild. It reminds me. I used to when I was younger, like when I was in high school. I always thought it was funny just with my friends to like say in a very monotone way, just like rap lyrics. And this is like kind of the same thing where it just sounds ridiculous when you do it like that. It's the same thing with like a lot of this. If you take if you take stuff out of context and just lay it on the table like that, yeah, it sounds ridiculous. But I mean, when you right. get some context, you're like, oh, okay. Like I mean, these guys just goofing off. So um, right. yeah. <laughs> um, uh well with that uh oh elisa marie who the hell is that i was i was that was a name that came up and they said they were like she was like catfishing fox is she an informant as well or is that somebody else oh yeah so that was actually uh uce mark he had so uce mark is an undercover federal agent who was like the warden of the north but he pretended to be from the UP, but he also created a fake person called Elise, which he portrayed her to be his girlfriend. Like that was his girl. That was his wife or whatever. And his wife got in contact with, you know, Adam's girlfriend so that he could insert himself into the scenario. But it was really just him on the computer, you know, acting like he's a girl like, hey. Oh, wait. So it wasn't like a romantic thing because it was just supposed to be somebody else's significant other so it wasn't like they were romancing Fox kind of deal or am I, I think it was story? a way it was a way it was maybe not romance, but it was like female relation, mm-hmm. like female companionship to get we got to get close to Fox. We, let's get close to his girl. Right. We'll have yeah. a pretend girl be friends with Fox's girlfriend and then they can, you know, hang out with. You know, the, the boyfriends can hang out, you know, and the girlfriends can talk and text, you know, on the Internet and all that type of shit. Yeah. Uh, do you want uh, Aunt Banana brought this up? I have another show. It's like a comedy show where you just say, like, insanely offensive off the wall shit. Uh, it, yeah, it's all kinds of Fed bait saying whack shit makes you guilty. Yeah, we did a whole episode uh, covering the big H, uh, you know, that, that, that one event that everyone uh, 
and kind of questioning the numbers. So yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff you can take out of context in that show. And uh, yeah, that, that was the first thing that came to mind when, uh, when we were talking about this, you know? <laughs> that are like, if they ever just take our show and just take clips and especially if they take clips and not even like, I mean, even just eclipse and alone would be bad enough, but you know, if you just write them down on paper with like not no like you know you know joking tone or nothing, yeah, it would sound ridiculous. I, I've said some pretty awful shit, which I mean, any comedian, if you not that I'm saying I'm a great comedian or exactly. a comedian, you take it out of context. Yeah, they they say some wild shit. Like, uh, was it uh, Louis C.K. had a whole bit about how uh, fucking uh, pedophiles, uh, you know, they must really like you know fucking kids because he was like. He's like he kind of made a joke like it must be awesome because like my favorite thing is chocolate bars and if someone told me I was going to spend the rest of my life uh, in jail and or spent or, or be on a list if I ate any chocolate bars I'd stop eating chocolate bars so he's like it must be really awesome and it's like obviously that's awful but like if you said it in right. a comedic way it's hilarious uh, yeah it's that dark type of humor <laughs> you know what I mean that's a that's the type of humor regular people working class people have you know but yeah. when you have these elitist you know prosecutors they're like oh my god he actually said these words absolutely not you know he must go to prison yeah well, all right. With that, I think we're at a good spot. We we cover all the main characters, uh, and I think next time we'll kind of start going more into the, the individual events and some other craziness. Uh, and maybe we'll knock out in the next episode. We'll see. I think we probably can knock it out in the next episode. I gotta pour over all the articles and all the different stuff because there's so much shit. Uh, I like because I, I was telling you before we start. I usually like for some of the more intricate episodes, I'll spend like an hour before and you know kind of like pouring over the stuff to kind of make an outline of what I'm going to talk about. And this one, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, like, I was like, damn it. I over, I uh, really uh, underestimated how much time I needed to prepare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we might have to do, like, a couple more because, really, like, we only got, like, a cursory overlook of the characters in yeah. the play. You know what yeah, I mean? I we yeah. We're not even in the detail. Exactly. Yeah, but that, but going into the events will, I think, kind of provide more context of the individuals. But we kind of have a basic idea of who they are and what they're about. But uh, with yeah. that, if you want to go ahead and drop your plugs again, uh, we'll kind of get you out of here. Let people know where they can uh, so help support you and then other, your other content you create. Absolutely, man. Um, if you want to donate to my Give, Send, Go, I would really appreciate it. Uh, super broke, super bum status right now. Uh, it's Give, Send, Go uh, slash Kinetic Truth. Um, you can find me on TikTok also. And, and I got a bunch of material on there. Good stuff. That's uh, kinetic underscore truth. Same thing with Instagram, kinetic underscore truth. Um, you can find me on there. And then if you want to be friends on like Twitter or uh, Facebook, it's just you can just search my name. You'll find me. Just put an underscore in the middle of the of both names, and you can find me on there. But right now, uh, I'm mainly trying to raise funds so I can make my material in a higher quality for everyone. So that'll draw more attention to get more people to want to consume my content and, and tell their neighbors and their friends about, Hey man, this is what the FBI is doing to people. Like, look at what they did to this guy right here. He's telling us all about it. You know what I mean? Maybe we should pay attention to what's going on in the world. You know what I mean? Maybe the government's up to some stuff that, you know, we need to kind of hold them accountable for and pay attention to what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, guys, be like JC. He says, best of luck to you, Brandon. I'll definitely chip in. So, uh, you know, be Thank like you. him. You know, go help out people. Uh, what else we got? Uh, what is this? Six-figure opportunity, Brad Blumbo Fluffer. 
Right, you probably don't know who Brad Palumbo is. But... <laughs> that's, that's no, but I think I know what fluffing is, and yeah. I'm not uh, going to do that. Yeah, it's like a, a gay conservatarian grifter dude. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just a Twitter joke for people who are you know online like that. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you being on. This is fun. We'll we'll definitely you know uh, probably you know maybe next week or whenever you're available, we'll probably do another one. Uh, with that, this is a No Way Jose show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major auto packagers, Odyssey. Follow me on Twitter at Senor Jose 2020. Uh, it's Senor Jose 2020 because this is like my third or fourth account. Uh, so if you you know want to be able to follow me and not worry about me getting nuked, uh, you can do that on Facebook. Although I don't really engage on Facebook much, but if you want to talk to me or whatever, and you know have that like fail safe in case I get nuked, you can follow me there. I'm Jose Galison on there. Uh, if you want to support me, patreon.com says no way Jose Chony. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. With that we are out. Thank you for coming, Brandon. This was fun. Thank you. Peace.